a beautiful day that the Lord has made for us here today to celebrate in glory, in love, and in grace. I welcome you all to C2, where by the grace of God, we are all welcomed, we are all affirmed, and we are all loved. It's going to be a wonderful day to celebrate the Spirit today. We have a few things going on. If you're wondering why there are Mother's Day cards on your chairs in the middle of September... That will be explained to you a little bit later on. We also have uh, Bible presentations going on for our little ones over in the sanctuary, so that's where some of our families are this morning, but that's also, uh, always a very exciting uh, time. And we are back on to our uh, uh, lectionary now. So uh, the summer series of sermons are over, and we're going to be kind of getting back on track, and we're going to be starting at the very beginning. So the message today is going to come from the book of Genesis. And we're going to be talking a little bit about creation, but we're going to talk about it in a little bit different way today. Uh, We're going to talk about the importance of how God has woven into our fabric of being the need to not be alone, to have each other, and to be accountable to each other, and to love each other, and and we are not uh, created to be uh, creatures that are meant to be alone. We are meant to be a part of a community. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, But first of all, we're going to get our call to worship started, and you guys are going to be a big part of our call to worship today. Uh, For our first song, if you are willing and able, we would like to do a call and response. Every time you see on the screen there uh, a phrase in parentheses, that's your part. You'll catch on pretty quick. It's pretty easy. Uh, But uh, for our call to worship this morning... We're all going to do that together. So if you are willing and able, please stand up and rise. Let's bring every God into this service together.
Friends, will you please be seated? And will you please join me in a moment of prayer this morning? Gracious and loving God, thank you so much for making us free to worship you, to be in covenant with you, and to live out our ways in the way that you wish us to. We are so grateful, Lord. We also thank you for allowing us to not be alone. We are grateful that you have given us friends, that you have given us family, that you have given us this special, wonderful congregation to come and praise you together, to support each other, to lift each other up when we need it. We are so, so grateful to have this place. We are so, so grateful to have each other, and we are grateful to be a Christian people in one with you. In your name we pray. Amen. It's funny that life I 
Amen, amen. God is so good. So sometimes, friends, when we're thinking about creation and we're thinking about the Old Testament, our minds are going way back to a time that we can't possibly understand and can't possibly comprehend. But we kind of chose this song this morning because as, as a resurrection people, it's important for us to remember that we're being made new all the time. It's not just about when we were first created. Through the power of Jesus Christ, we are being made new and resurrected no matter what we're going through. Every single day we can be made new. And we just need to pray and we need to keep that faith that that is what it is all about. We can refresh, we can grow, we can be made new, we can be rebaptized in the spirit of Christ. And that is what makes us Christians. So this is made new. Through the peace of Christ, we are made one. Let us take a moment to share that peace with each other, to greet each other, to lift each other in this special time of worship. May the peace of Christ be with you all. Okay, my friends, uh, we have a slew of things going on right now as it is September and the church year is really gearing up. Uh, Take a moment, please, to to go through this bulletin. I'm not going to lift everything up. There are a couple important things I do want to lift up, though. Uh, For our 100th year anniversary, we will be making uh, fish ornaments to be sold around Christmas time. And that is going to be today, uh, right after worship, upstairs in the galley. Anybody who would like to help with that, 
I think it's a very, very tall order that they have uh, so that they can really use all the help they can get. So if you would like to help with those upstairs in the galley, which if you don't know where that is, it is uh, just up in the education rooms upstairs, and uh, you won't miss it. We also have Jazz Vespers uh, next week, September 17th. It will still probably be here in Community Hall uh, because of the weather, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to get back outdoors again soon. Uh, We do have generosity baskets by the door if you would like to support the missions of the church, if you'd like to support the programs, all these wonderful programs that are going on, uh, please feel free uh, to leave a donation in the generosity basket. And we have a special donation today because we have a very special person who is going to share a few words with you all. Her name is Stephanie Squires. She is our beloved friend and the director of our preschool, our amazing preschool here at uh, at the church. And so I'm going to invite her up now uh, to say a few words about that. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Am I on? Okay, for those of you who are not new to the church, you might remember that I typically give an update on the preschool on Mother's Day. Uh, For various reasons, it was decided to wait until now to do it, but I'm so happy to have the opportunity to do it on this particular Sunday, as it is also widely known as Grandparents' Day. Uh, I know not only firsthand in my own life, but also through all the many families that have come through the preschool over the years, what an important and integral role grandparents play in the lives of children and families. So just a huge shout out to all the grandparents out there. Much love and blessings on your special day. This year in particular is special for me as it marks my 20th year of working for the Community Church of Vera Beach. And my 15th year as director of the preschool, I am so incredibly grateful for this church, both personally and professionally, and I'm really passionate about the role that the preschool plays both within the church and in the wider community over all these years. Uh, For those of you not as familiar with the preschool, we've been an important mission of the church for well over 40 years. We typically serve between 130 and 150 children per year between the ages of 21 months and 5 years old across nine classrooms. We always strive to help the children grow and learn in all the areas of development, including emotionally, socially, physically, and cognitively. We also nurture their spiritual growth through our chapel program which is supported by the worship leaders of the church. We have continued our longstanding partnership with Child Care Resources, which is a local nonprofit group whose mission is to promote the highest level of early childhood education for the children of our county, focusing on economically challenged children and families. And through this partnership, we've helped make our school available to hundreds of children whose families would have been otherwise unable to afford it. We have an incredibly dedicated team of teachers and support staff, many of some who have been with us for well over 20 years. Many of you may already know that we are also nationally accredited by the National Association for the Education of Young Children, which is known as the gold standard for early childhood education in the country. Uh, Just this past year, we were granted another five-year renewal term, which keeps us in an elite group of about 8% of preschools that are nationally accredited. So, yeah. The process for the renewal included showing how we are meeting the best practices criteria over 10 program standards through both written documentation as well as a two-day site visit by an assessor. Not only did we reach the required threshold that we needed to pass, but we were actually nearly perfect in our scoring, which is a huge tribute to the hard work of all the staff that were involved. The support of not only the leadership of the church, but all of you is what makes us so special and what 
makes it possible for us to do what we do, and we are so very grateful. I'd love the opportunity to tell you more about the preschool, answer any questions you might have, or even personally show you the school anytime. So please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, Today there is a special offering to support our efforts in the preschool. The funds are used for various things, um, including helping uh, our families that have un- are undergoing financial challenges, as well as supporting the continuing education of our invaluable teachers. So the envelopes you can't miss because you had to move them to sit down, but they do, and they say Mother's Day, which is also something a little different, but um, that's what the purpose of those are. So if you, you know, feel inclined to give a donation, we would very much appreciate it. And again, all of us in the preschool appreciate all of you, and we hope that you are very proud of your preschool. Thank you so much, and have a beautiful Sunday. Good morning. How are you? As Drew, as Drew mentioned earlier, uh, we are going back into lectionary starting from the beginning. So typically after Labor Day, that's when most churches across the country kind of recalibrate, restart, refire, get their programs back going with uh, the children back from school. So it's no different with the lectionary. So we're going to go back to Genesis, and today it will be Genesis 2, verses 18 through 25. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the space with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt and they felt no shame. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you wonder what the creation story sounds like, we have heard it. Thank you. And welcome to you who are in C2. We trust that your worship is going well over there. It is truly a lovely day for you folks. We do begin a new season now after Labor Day. We start again through the narrative lectionary, which begins us in Genesis with the creation stories and then moves us through the Hebrew scriptures up until Christmas time, where we, oddly enough, have the birth of Jesus. And then we uh, take, take a tour through Jesus' life in uh, the first months of the year until Easter, and then we focus on the life of the church. I know some of you think, oh my gosh, we're going to be in the Hebrew Scriptures for all of the fall, but us preachers love it because there's some such good stories in there that can teach us so much about life. And so off we go. We invite you to prayer. Gracious God, we do give you thanks for the creation of this world, for its beauty, for its resources, for all the ways that it blesses us. We give thanks for your word and for the stories about it and what we can learn from them about ourselves. Uh, And I pray this morning that my word would be faithful to your word, not only today, but every day. Amen. My goal in life is to be as good of a person as my dog already thinks I am. You may have seen that on a bumper sticker, you may have seen it on a Facebook post. It's out there in our world. The great pleasure of a dog is that you may make a fool of yourself with him, and not only will he not scold you, but he will make a fool of himself too. 
That's from Samuel Butler in 1912. The dog was created especially for children. He is the god of frolic, Henry Ward Beecher. The best way to get a puppy is to beg for a baby brother, and they'll settle for a puppy every time. And Milan Kundera says this, to sit with a dog on a hillside on a glorious afternoon is to be back in Eden, where doing nothing was not boring. It was peace. You know the saying, a dog is man's best friend. This fact was first stated by Frederick, king of Prussia, back in the 1700s, referring to his Italian greyhounds. In this country, the phrase was used in a trial by George Graham Vest, representing a farmer whose dog had been shot and killed and was later found in a poem titled An Introduction to Dogs by Graham Nash. For centuries, people have affirmed that dogs are our faithful companions. They are a man's or a woman's best friend. The scriptures, however, tell a little different story in which neither dogs nor any of the animals can really be our best friend. The reading this morning from Genesis 2 begins a second creation story. In Genesis 1, the earth was dark and formless until God went to work. It tells the story of light and of God separating sea from sky and water from land and day from night. It tells of God bringing forth vegetation and all manner of creatures. And then on the sixth day, God, it says, created humankind. Male and female, God created them. And then God looked at all that had been created and said, it's all good. It's all really good. And God rested. But now in Genesis 2, we get a second story. It starts in verse 4 with the words, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. And it shouldn't bother us that this, this one story reads a little different than Genesis 1. These stories were written, remembered, and told for different purposes to answer different questions. And the second creation story account is part of a larger story that continues all the way through chapter 3. And as I read it, it's about work and about relationships and about why life sometimes can be such a struggle. See, when the story opens, the earth already existed but was not productive. There were no animals, nor were there plants or herbs in the field. The writer explains that this was because God had not yet caused it to rain and because there was no one to work the ground. For the earth to be productive, it implies God, both God and humans had to play a role. So in verse 7, it, God solved the no one to work the land problem by forming a man out of the dust of the ground and breathing life into him, suggesting that we are dirt and aren't truly alive until we have God's breath or God's spirit within us. God also planted the Garden of Eden and put the man there to till it. So God gave Adam a job. The man had work to do and food to eat, and life was good. Human beings, it, su it suggests, are here to participate with God in making this world productive and fertile. We're here to create with God. We're here to play our role in God's wonderful world. And so the man, Adam, who came from the ground, got to work tilling the ground. You'd think it was all good, but surprisingly, in verse 18, God said it was not good. Of course it wasn't. There was no football. There were no chips and dip. There were no recliners in front of 60-inch flat screens with surround sound speakers. 
It was totally not good. No, it's not good, God concluded, for humans to be alone. Work isn't enough. Watching the game isn't enough, no matter how big your flat screen might be. When I'm alone, I start to go a little crazy. When I'm alone, I begin to think that the world revolves around me. Physical activity and watching a game won't sustain me. We, are not, we not only need a purpose, need good work to do, we need relationships. We need a posse, a community, a family. We need a good friend to whom we don't have to explain ourselves and who will tell us when we've gone off the deep end. And so for companionship, it says, God brought all the animals to Adam. Now the skunk smelled terrible, no good. Giraffes were so tall, and it just made Adam feel short. The cats, they ignored him, acted all put out that they even had to show up. And the birds with their high-pitched squawk, way too early in the morning, none of it, it says, was a suitable companion. Not even a dog, not even the dog that wagged its tail and licked his face. We may love our animals, but God, who knows us better than we know ourselves, determined that none was a suitable companion. And so God fashioned another human being to be Adam's helper. This one was not from the dust of the ground, but from Adam's side. And just a note here, this passage has little, if anything, to say about the roles of men and women or about hierarchy within marriages. When it says that God created a woman to be a helper, we should read this more as a partner or a colleague, and certainly not as an assistant or servant. The vast majority of, the of times when the word helper occurs in the Hebrew scriptures, it refers to God helping Israel and almost always refers to a stronger party helping one who is weaker. And the literal word phrase is, I will make for him a helper according to who is in front of him. As if to say, his mirror image. Man and woman are created to be equal and complementary partners in the work that God has for both of them to do. Now, when the man saw the woman, he exclaimed, This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Finally, someone who gets me. Finally, a partner in my work. Finally, someone I can talk to. The expression speaks of being kindred spirits in other places in the Hebrew Scripture. Claiming someone to be your bone and flesh is a pledge of loyalty. Like when all Israel, it says, gathered before King David and said, we are your bone and flesh. See, this creation story identifies the source of two of our deepest needs. One is meaningful and productive work, and then kindreds with whom we can carry out that work. And there's enough going on in this text to fill three or four sermons, but I'll spare you. We could talk about breath, we could talk about work, we could talk about the garden, but this morning I just want to focus on our need for companionship. God has created us for relationships of all kinds. Yes, marriage and romantic relationships, but family relationships, friendships, work colleagues, fishing or golf buddies, book groups, and more. It's not good to be alone. I'm serious about that. We need other people to give us a perspective on the world. At one of my churches that I served, a guy named Jack showed up. And Jack was a little older. He lived by himself. He could be abrasive, and he often rubbed people the wrong way. Because of that, his marriage had failed, and he was estranged from his kids. He lived alone. Jack would come to my office, and he always sounded a little nuts. He would come in and tell me these crazy stories about his landlord sneaking into his apartment and taking his spare change, or about going through his folders to read his letters. And I'd say, Jack, why would your landlord go through all that trouble to read your mail? I don't know, but it was there, and now it's gone. And for the record, when I helped him move out of his apartment, I found all those letters, all that spare change in the back of a closet. Jack was a little nuts when he lived alone. 
But frankly, when I get worked about something and obsess about it all day long, I think some pretty crazy thoughts too. And when I get into conflict with someone and I don't have all the information, I'm likely to fill in with all the worst case possibilities. When we're alone and isolated, we lose perspective. And I don't think Jack and I are the only ones who shouldn't be isolated. Long before COVID separated us from friends and family, the Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, traveled the country on a listening tour. During that time, he says he kept hearing people talk of feeling isolated, invisible, and insignificant. Even when they couldn't put their finger on the word lonely, time and time again, he says, people of all ages, people of all socioeconomic backgrounds from every corner of the country would say things like, I have to shoulder all of life's burdens by myself. Or if I disappear tomorrow, no one will even notice. Nearly 50% of adults in America, he says, report experiencing loneliness. And loneliness is far more than a bad feeling, he wrote in his report. It harms both individual and societal health. It's associated with a greater risk of cardiovascular disease, dementia, stroke, depression, anxiety, and premature death. As if on cue, the New York Times had an opinion piece published yesterday by Nicholas Kristof, who quotes research claiming that loneliness and social isolation kills more people in the Western world than do terrorists and murderers. And that more people die deaths of despair today than did during the Great Depression. Christoph wonders if loneliness isn't the significant factor in this. Since research tells us that you have, your chances of living through the next seven years go up by 50% if you have a strong social network. We came into this world naked and unashamed. But now, though fully clothed, thankfully, we are often ashamed. We were created for good work, but how many toilet jobs that suck the life out of them? We were created for companionship and partnership, but now our world is deeply divided and half of us live in loneliness and isolation. Something happened. Technology is an easy target. Online groups may allow us to connect with people over distance, but they also divide and separate us. And nothing says, leave me alone on an airplane like a pair of earbuds or headphones. Prosperity could be another cause. We used to have big families and small homes. People crowded into multiple people lived in each bedroom. We were forced to share space, but increasing affluence in the Western world has resulted in larger homes and smaller families and more hours of work necessary to afford them so we can all retreat to our own bedroom and escape our family. Social institutions are fraying. There are countless articles out there about the great de-churching of America. People don't want to go to church anymore. And it's paralleled by a decline in the social clubs to which people used to belong. We don't gather socially as much anymore. Even so, one of the strongest and best things we can do for ourselves is to maintain a meaningful social network. And that goes for all of you who count yourself as introverts, too. While much of the world has FOMO, you've heard that, fear of missing out, introverts have JOMO, the joy of missing out. A big party will fill them with anxiety, but I gotta tell you, some close friends can save your sanity and perhaps your life. And I'm not naive, I know how nice it is that our cats and dogs love us unconditionally and never really ask anything more than some food from us. And I've read all the introvert memes about avoiding all human contact. And I know that even extroverts can be less than enthusiastic about Thanksgiving dinner with their family or their church or their friends. But companions are desperately important because we have been created in God's image. God, the three in one, is a relational being. We are created in the image of God who chooses to be bound up with human beings. 
even knowing how fickle we can be, even when it costs Jesus his life. We need relationships because we are more courageous and confident when we know someone has our back. We can stand up for what is right when someone stands with us. We can be more creative when we bounce ideas off of each other. We can be more productive when we share the load. We need people who are different from us, who complement our skills and abilities because contrary to what we might think, our way isn't always the right way. We need relationships because there's too much work in God's kingdom for any one of us to do alone, and it's too important to leave it in the hands of any one of us. People out there are starving. People are dying of cancer and malaria and COVID. An earthquake just took 2,000 lives in Morocco, and they don't know how they'll ever rebuild Children and elders are ignored and abused. Drug lords and extremist groups terrorize communities. It's way too easy to sit back and point fingers of blame or cluck about what a shame it might be. We need people who will work together, being God's agent in this world. Uh, one person has said that we have church every week because it's too hard to follow Jesus by ourselves. We can't do it alone for more than seven days in a row. We need each other if we're going to be the church, the body of Christ in our world. Chapter 2 of Genesis concludes saying that man and woman were naked and unashamed. Our best friends know us inside and out. We can't hide anything from them and if they're truly our best friend, we don't have anything to hide. Our families know our strengths and our flaws. Any group of people who have lived or worked together like on a mission trip, they come to know the good, the bad, and the ugly about us, but they stick with us anyway. I've been here at Community Church long enough for us to know each other, and some of us know each other way too well. And so you can just say, ah, that's just Dave. He'll get over it. He's just like that. We recognize that we all have quirks and annoying habits, and even so, God has thrown us together into this thing called the church and given us a mission to this community and to the world that's desperately important. I will say that living here in Vero Beach, I've discovered and I've appreciated people's willingness to construct alternative families with whom they celebrate holidays or share hobbies or even travel together. In this town where many people live at a distance from or else have lost their biological families, we all recognize our need to know and be known by someone, by some group. We who participate in the church, we have this opportunity all the time to connect spiritually to God who is bigger and wiser than we are, who can hold us together in spite of our differences and who has chosen us to bless the world with love and compassion. But we also have the opportunity to be joined together to each other. We who are fellow travelers on this journey through life need each other to help us all keep going. Who are, we who are fellow ministers of this body of Christ, we need each other to save the world. We who are bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh are companions in body and spirit. Together, we will make all of life good. So today, maybe just today, rather than rushing off to whatever comes next in our lives, we could take a minute or two after the service and tell someone that around you, someone that you're walking out with, someone that you don't live with, about a neighbor, or about a friend, or about your dog, and something that you have done with them, something about them. Because a simple conversation like that, if we do it again and again, might just save our life. Amen.
friends, will you once more join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the invitation to be in your house here together to worship you. And God, we thank you so much for using our music ministers, for reaching through them to grab our very souls to elevate us. We are so grateful for you for so many reasons, Lord, and today we also ask for hope. We ask for hope for those who are alone. Help us to find them, Lord. Help us to reach out to them. We ask for for hope for those that are suffering terrible tragedy at this time, who have been through the worst they can possibly imagine. Help them to turn to you to find that hope and to know that you will get them through and that they will see the sun again. We ask for hope for those who are in pain, for those who are sick, for those who have been diagnosed with awful things. Again, Lord, help to breathe your life into them and into us so that we may know best how to support them here on earth. Gracious and loving God, We look towards you. You have given us so much. All the relationships that we have in our lives that we are grateful for, help us to continue to nurture those and help us to be the best we can be with each other through your agape, telling us that we need to unconditionally love each other in every moment that we can. We ask all these things, Lord, as we collectively pray together the prayer that your son, Jesus the Christ, taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we are sung out today, let us remember that the Lord has given us an absolutely lovely day. One, two, one, two. And uh, in person. Kevin, can you give me a little something to speak to? Yeah. Beautiful stuff. That's a nice groove. I like that. Tommy, could you help him out a little bit with something there? My father-in-law is a strapping six-foot-five Virginian with a southern drawl, snow-white hair, and he always says, son, a burden shared is half a loaf. So I'm going to ask y'all to help me out a little bit there with that burden shared. So I'm going to ask for the ladies in the house to help me by saying exactly what I say when it's time to say it. Just for the ladies, guys, you gotta wait your turn. In your best voice, let's say, Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day. Oh, I'm feeling that, yes. Woo! We just made the stage so huge. for a little bit. Let's give a little assignment to the guys. Guys, we're going to have to take our biggest breath and hold this note here, because I'm not doing it by myself. Every time I do this song, I got to do it by myself. I need help. Remember that burden share. A lovely day. Hold it as long as you can. I can't really do it. That's why I need the help. Here we go. A lovely day. Yeah. All right. So wait, we're not going to do anything Break it down one more time. When I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hurts my eyes, something without warning, love, is so heavy on my mind. Woo! When I look at you, and the world's all right with me. Just 
called us to be in covenant with God and with each other. Don't forget what Pastor Dave said. Go out there and find somebody, folks. Somebody out there is alone and needs you. That is who we are as Christians. May the grace and love of God be with you now and always. Go in peace, my friends, and have a lovely day.